0: When the body of a young woman is found badly beaten with a gunshot wound to the head, investigators are left with little evidence but loads of suspicion. Today's episode is the story of how one man, convicted of murder but considered innocent by many, turns into Austria's most-wanted fugitive. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Mysteries Abroad Podcast. I'm your host, Justin, and I'm joined by my beautiful wife, Megan. Ooh,
1: beautiful. Hey, everybody.
0: (laughs) So we have got an amazing story for you guys today. We are in our Austria series now, so for the next couple episodes, we'll be doing some Austria stories to go along with our travels here in Austria. We've been having an amazing time, and I will say that the research here in Austria has been difficult for the podcast because I feel like they don't have many unsolved cases here and I think that that either means that their police force and their investigators are doing a really good job or it means that they're doing a really terrible job and they're just able to pin it on somebody. It's got to be one or the other. Yeah I'm not sure which one it is yet but we'll, we'll figure that out. So let's jump right into today's story. March of 1986, we catch up with a man named Tibor Foko in the Austrian town of Linz. Tibor is somewhat of a celebrity around town. He was born into a well-to-do family and had a successful career as a motorcycle racer in Europe. It was a shock to many around him when one day he decided to open a bar, which he called Bunnies, in the red light district of Linz. Now, as you can imagine, bars in the red light district aren't just bars. These are bars that also act as brothels with sex workers as employees. And though Tibor opened and ran this type of business, it was clear that he wanted to do things differently. He did keep a clean profile and he tried to keep most of his business dealings legal, but it would be easy to assume that he could create some enemies in this environment as well. Next to Bunny's was another bar named Discreet, spelled with a K. One of the sex workers of that bar was a 24-year-old woman named Elfrieda Hochgatter. Her family says that she was well-liked by everyone and was very headstrong, but they had no idea that she worked in the red light district. On March 13, 1986, Elfrida had an altercation with Tibor. It seems he was trying to hire her either for personal reasons or as an employee of his bar. In either case, the altercation became physical. The next morning, March 14, 1986, a train engineer saw a body on the side of the tracks and reported it to police. When police arrived, they found Elfrida naked from the waist down, badly beaten, with multiple broken bones, and shot in the face. Of course, this initially looks like a sex crime that ended in murder. In fact, someone else's blood and semen was found on her body. Her body was found only 200 meters away from where she worked, so police immediately assumed that this was a crime that occurred in the red light district. As soon as they learned of this physical altercation that she had with Tibor, they knew they had their prime suspect. Even though Tibor's wife gave him an alibi and said that he was home with her all night, and even though the police had virtually no evidence against him, they arrested him on charges of murder. They also arrested one of his mistresses at the bar named Regina Unger. Regina said that she was the one who pulled the trigger, but she was forced to do so by Tibor. This was all the police needed, even though Regina changed her testimony many times leading up to the trial and even for many years after the trial. After a year of investigating and having virtually no evidence besides Regina's ever-changing testimony, the police decided to take the case to court. With little evidence, the police just tried to sow doubt and resorted to some horrific tactics like having the victim's face preserved, like taxidermy, to present it to the courtroom. After a 20-day trial that saw 75 experts and witnesses, Tibor was found guilty of murder and was given a life sentence. Regina also at one point said that another man named Hans-Peter Loftier was involved and he received an 18-year sentence. So just to recap, a body of a sex worker is found next to the train tracks, 200 meters away from the bar that she worked at and the bar that is owned by Tibor. Now, she is beaten. She has broken bones in her arms and her upper body, and she was shot in the face. And so the police are sitting there thinking, okay, this has to be a sex crime. It's it's happening in the red light district. She's naked from the waist down. Uh, she has semen on her. And then they find out that she had a, some sort of a physical altercation with Tibor the night before. And they're like, ooh, that's our guy. That's our guy right there. He fought with her that night. She's dead the next morning. That has to be what it is. And they find Regina, who works at his bar, who's willing to say, yeah, it was him. As a matter of fact, I helped him do it, and he forced me to pull the trigger. That type of thing. And that's really all they had to go. I mean, there was, like, no further evidence. And we're going we're gonna to get, like, deeper into the, the case here in a minute, but...
1: What happened to the girl who said she pulled the trigger? What was her name?
0: Uh, Regina Unger.
1: Regina, yeah. What happened to her?
0: She ends up um, basically getting nothing. What? She basically gets nothing, and her story changes over and over and over again.
1: Oh, she just had something against T-Bor.
0: I mean, something like that. But then, I mean, her her testimony is really what lands him in the courtroom, basically. But then later on, she changes it and says that it wasn't him she names several people. I mean, she named this other guy, Hans Peter. And just, I mean, he ends up getting a big sentence and everything. And this, this case what? gets really deep and we'll get into some of the details and what happens to them after the case occurs, but, or after the court trial occurs, but it's, uh, it is something.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like, what is wrong with her, Regina? Like, how does yeah. your story change that much? And why are they even taking her word Yeah, after her story well, has changed so much? Like she's not, Someone that you can trust. Yeah. So.
0: And I don't know why that was her story the initial night. We'll get into some of the reasons why her story changed during the investigation. But. Okay. But we'll get on that later. So earlier I said that Tibor was on Austria's most wanted fugitive list. So let's get to the fugitive part of this story. <laughs> In prison, Tibor was a model inmate. He began to study law at Johannes Kepler University and did very well with this. In fact, he was doing so well that many of his professors petitioned the prison to allow him to attend some lectures in person. He was the first prisoner serving a life sentence that was allowed to do this. Tibor saw this as an opportunity and began to put plans in motion. Through a network of friends, family, and women that Tibor began to correspond with from prison, he was able to set up an elaborate escape. On April 27, 1995, Tibor and his guards arrived at Kepler for one of the lectures he would be attending. One guard remained in the car, and the other stayed with Tibor. Tibor was somehow able to shake off his guard and lose him in the university crowd. He then picked up a few supplies that were waiting for him in a bathroom, which allowed him to run to a nearby garage, where he got a backpack with money, clothes, a sleeping bag, a fake passport, and a motorcycle. A carefully planned route was used for Tibor to get out of the city quickly. Police immediately swarmed the university, but Tibor was long gone. They believed that Tibor went to Hungary, because that is where his family had some history. He is also believed to have gone to North Carolina and Florida, but they now think he may be back in Europe. So that's the facts of what happened at Tibor, but now let's dig a little deeper into this conviction, because I and a lot of other people believe the judicial system may have failed Tibor. After his trial ended, the public interest in the case didn't go away, and many pointed out several glaringly obvious issues with the investigation and the court proceedings. The most obvious was the absolute lack of evidence linking Tibor to the crime. If you remember, I said that Elfrida had someone else's blood and semen on her. The blood and semen were tested by the police, but they did not match Tibor, Hans Peter, or Regina. Once the police realized it wouldn't help them convict Tibor, they basically said that the semen was easily explained due to the nature of her work, and no longer considered it important to the case, and they didn't investigate further to even see whose it was. So they said since she is a sex worker, she would likely have semen on her, or or it's probable that she could. And so even though earlier we said it was important to the case and we needed to test everyone involved, now yeah. that it doesn't match our star now witness or, or our star suspect, yeah, it a- we're not I even going to use it.
1: It might not be important, but then it might be Yeah.
0: If it's the one
1: thing that leads to the killer. Yeah.
0: If it's if it was important enough for you to test it against your primary suspect yeah. and the other people that you believe are involved, then it is important enough to follow up with it and say, okay, who was with her that night? I mean, yeah. check with the bar. Check the other people that are involved. I mean, she had a boyfriend. Er, check all of these people. It was said that leading up to her death, Elfrida had become very anxious and withdrawn. She even took out a life insurance policy on herself that listed her brothers as the beneficiaries. Yet somehow her boyfriend got the money from the insurance payout and took off, not leaving any of it for her brothers.
1: I'm not even going to lie. I was suspecting the boyfriend. As soon as you said she had a boyfriend. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Okay, this first we've heard of the boyfriend and normally it's the person closest to you. Yeah. And she just took out a life insurance policy and he knew about it.
0: Yeah. And it didn't name him in it. I don't but and that's what I don't understand is how he how? even got the money. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but n- neither of the brothers got any of it. Initially, her boyfriend said he had an alibi on the night of the murder, but that later fell apart. The police were deeply involved with investigating Tibor at this point and didn't pursue the boyfriend any further.
1: Oh so he my takes the money. Gosh. he has an
0: alibi that I guess they believed at the time, but then later on somebody found out was not a legit alibi. And he got the money and just kind of disappeared. I mean, he was no longer being investigated, so maybe he moved. Maybe he left the country. He was free to do so. But uh, basically, he just disappeared on everybody. He got away with murder. Yeah, that's likely. Tibor's own legal counsel seemed to be very incompetent. Tibor was instructed by his lawyer to comply with whatever the police wanted because that would help show his innocence. On the day that the courtroom made a visit to the crime scene, the police investigators told Tibor and regina to pose gun in hand pointed at the head of a stand-in for elfrida there were reporters and cameras all over the place so this became plastered all over the news and of course made Tibor look super guilty yeah. because his picture is just in the newspapers and on the news standing there holding the gun and everything because his attorney his lawyer said yeah just do whatever they tell you to do i mean what what lawyer would stand there and be like yeah it's okay hold the gun Yeah,
1: that's the worst. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Nobody would do that. You're
1: making him look guilty.
0: Yeah. Persons close to the case were even called out for misconduct. Some jurors came forward after the trial closed to say that the judge himself had misled them on the details of certain interrogations. It was even discovered later that the judge was actually in the room during some of the police interrogations, which is obviously a major issue. So they're like, they're interrogating people like Regina. And the judge, from the trial, this is, you know, a long time before the trial starts. The judge is at the police station for some reason in the interrogation room with witnesses of a trial that hasn't even gone to court yet.
1: Yeah, they needed to find another judge. Like, yeah. why was that why even was allowed? Why was
0: he even there? I don't
1: like, know. Like, that
0: seems really weird.
1: That is weird.
0: Then, once Tibor was in prison, his wife divorced him and married one of the officers investigating the murder what yeah they denied any wrongdoing and the matter was dropped
1: <gasps> what if that what they if they were said, seeing each yeah. other before i'm just being dramatic over here but what if they were seeing each other before and then they planned this or didn't plan this but saw an opportunity yeah. when it came up
0: so that's one officer yeah okay let me give you another one. Oh my gosh so now now we have said there's an issue with the judge that just potentially should not have been involved with this case at this point. And then there was an issue with a police officer. And now let me give you the other one. One of the biggest standouts was a police officer, Othmar Kreutzer. He was caught lying about evidence and facts of the investigation multiple times while in court. He was also the one to conduct the interviews of Regina during the investigation. Now, Regina changed her testimony seven times during the investigation, like I said earlier. And finally, in 1993, this was six years after the trial, She said that Kreutzer had tortured her during the investigation. She said that he made up her statement and forced her to sign it. Even with this revelation, it took three more years for Hans Peter to be acquitted of the murder. He later received a payment of about 320,000 euros for the decade that he spent in prison. Kreutzer was never charged with anything and didn't receive disciplinary action, even though they found many discrepancies in his paperwork. So even after she says... I was tortured, I was forced to do this, and evidently there was enough evidence to be able to get Hans Peter acquitted of the murder. Kreutzer still doesn't get any disciplinary action whatsoever.
1: It's wild.
0: Absolutely wild what's going on in that police department.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some shady stuff going on and like almost like they've planned this.
0: Almost. Yeah. There there is enough. Red flags here that you say something's not right. Of course, Tibor and his lawyer, they also want to jump on this because there's so many revelations coming out post-trial that just make this trial look completely fake. And so I found four requests where him and his lawyer filed to have their trial redone. um, But all of these were thrown out and he never got a retrial.
1: So no one knows where Tibor has been since he escaped.
0: No, he disappeared.
1: Well, you yeah, I wouldn't I mean, pop back up for a retrial no. either. And also, I was going to ask you, I well, know in Germany, it is you don't get extra time for escaping because they yeah. say that, you know, that's your your instinct yeah. is to be free. So you don't get any extra time in Germany. So what about in Austria? They're right beside each other. Like, is that
0: I'm not sure if that's the case in Austria or not. But through the efforts of Tibor's lawyer and his family really petitioning um, some political members and and people involved with the court system there. He was eventually granted a retrial. This was after he escaped. He was granted that retrial and an announcement m- was made that um, he would be given safe conduct if he would just return and be present for the retrial. So they were like, hey, if you come back, I, I kind of think that what they meant by the safe conduct thing was, we won't even arrest you. Like, just come back You don't have to come back to prison, but just come back and let's redo the trial. No. Yeah.
1: No, I'm not doing that. I mean, you failed me the first time, and then I've escaped and been under the radar somehow for all these years. I think I'll stay under the radar. Thank you very much. And
0: they made that announcement a couple of times over the years. Like, hey, just come back, be a part of the retrial, and we can do it. Because they can't do the retrial without him present. Yeah. That stopped the system from, from being able to do it. However, in 2000... Investigators said that they had new evidence linking him to the murder. They said Elfrida's fingernail paint was found under Tibor's nails and his dog's hair was on her coat. And both could have occurred during the altercation that night and don't necessarily indicate his guilt in the murder, I feel like. But I also have a hard time figuring out how how were was her fingernail paint under his fingernails, if that is true.
1: Yeah, how does that how- happen? We've been married for thirteen years, and you've never had. had Yeah, I can't
0: imagine. We've never had an
1: altercation like that, but I I mean, but
0: you think about people getting into a fight—maybe you know, slaps or punches are thrown or whatever. Nobody's grabbing somebody's fingernails.
1: How is that happening? Unless he's got like her hands on the desk, and he's like
0: just grabbing her by the fingernails. Yeah,
1: (laughs) that would be the only way.
0: Yeah, it's it's super sus, and they even went back. A few people have gone back to really investigate some of the facts of this thing. And they have found that most of the evidence from the original investigation has disappeared. Most of the case file, most of the evidence has all gone. And the police department cites the fact that they have moved their evidence room a few times or something over the years. And so things just mysteriously get lost when we're carrying it from one room to the other. So a lot of the original stuff is actually gone now.
1: Well, it's not like they used... The evidence in the first place, because there was really no evidence. There was just accusations. So there was never any evidence against him. So what does it matter if they're losing it anyway? I mean, it's not like there was any to begin with against him. You know what I mean? Right. But the evidence could help pin it on someone else. Like, let's say if the boyfriend was guilty, then, you know, maybe we could find that out now. Do you know if the boyfriend is still alive?
0: I don't know if he's still alive. I also don't think that he that he was tested to see if he was a match for the semen or the blood.
1: <laughs> so they just never questioned him?
0: Not really, no. Wow. He said he had an alibi where he was, and that checked out, and then people looked at it later, and they were like, no, it don't. It is it don't just check so
1: out. weird to me that he got the insurance money.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how that occurred, because that is super strange. It said specifically in the report that she took it out with her brothers as the beneficiaries. But it also specifically says that the boyfriend got the money, and then he just basically disappeared after that. Wow. Really weird.
1: I mean, we don't know for sure, but I just feel really suspicious about that yeah about the boyfriend about like for some reason like my intuition is tingling and it's like "Mm, why do i feel like it's
0: and it might not have even been him it might be somebody that we're not even thinking about i mean it could be the owner of the bar that she worked at or something he saw her talking to tibor like
1: yeah
0: yeah any anybody but it's like why did they specifically just focus on tibor I mean why was oh, I mean he was just like automatically locked all in all the
1: time. I feel like yeah. they just sometimes they just zero in on one person and then instead of actually making sure no one else was involved or it wasn't mm-hmm. someone else they're like no we got to close the case. Right. I feel like a lot of times they feel like pressured by, by um the community to Figure out the answer and close the case just so everyone in the community isn't scared and also mad at them for not figuring out the answer yet.
0: Yeah. So a lot of
1: times they'll do that.
0: It's more about closing the case than it is about finding facts. Yeah. It's like, what what can we what can we posit to say this This will do it and we can close this case and say that we don't have any unsolved murders here or something?
1: Yeah, which I absolutely can't stand because it's like, you're. how many innocent people are mm-hmm. behind bars because you just wanted to clo- close a case? Yeah. And you've ruined these lives. Like, how do you even sleep at night? Well,
0: this one police officer, I mean, we, we and we don't know if he tortured Regina when they were doing the questioning, but they do know that he lied multiple times about evidence that they had and things that they had on the file. He lied about that in court. Later on it was discovered that like you said this and that was a complete lie. And then he didn't receive any disciplinary action at all. Nothing at all. And I think if you are an investigator and you're doing a trial like this and someone is sentenced to life in prison or or death penalty or what or even just a long prison sentence, you helped put them there by lying. You need to be going to prison too. Yeah. Like when that person gets acquitted and pulled out, you should be going to prison. It should be taken that seriously. There has to be some the accountability there. Exactly. Or else an investigator, you know, and I know not all of them are, are crooked or anything, but the ones that are, they can get away with saying whatever because they could just say, oh, well, that was just a mistake that I said in court that one time. And it's like, how many of these quote unquote mistakes are you making that's. Just making it look like you're solving cases and you're putting people behind bars like that that is you're really messing up people's lives if you get into that kind of a, a habit
1: okay, so Tibor's wife marries an officer yeah do we know if the officer the other one that was lying do we know if they were friends if they were close?
0: uh we don't know if they were close. I mean they were coworkers, so close enough. I mean, they were both investigating the murder together, so they must have been relatively close. Yeah. I it, mean I just almost, wonder if something was going yeah, on there too. I I mean I think so. I and I don't know where it was coming from. Mm-hmm. Was it coming from the police department doing something? Or was it coming from, oh, uh, here's something else I didn't even I didn't even put in here. Just, there's so many details of this case that it was it was just too much to even put in the the story. Another thing is this Kreutzer guy, he was good friends with one of the other bar owners in the red light district. I mean like best man and his wedding type of friend. And it it is very likely all these bar owners, I mean, that's competition. They're all on the same street. They're all selling the same thing. Mm-hmm. It could be that, you know, Tibor kind of made an enemy there or was just viewed as competition. And they're doing their under the table stuff like they do. Yeah. He could have said, Hey, how can we, how can we get Bor out of here? And the police officers could have set something up. I mean, they could have killed her, left her there and then be like, we're we're pinning it on Tibor, evidence or not, that anything like that could have happened, or it could have been that he made an enemy at the police department, yeah, or was... it could be that maybe his wife just was having an affair with one of the officers, and and Tibor needed to be removed. I mean, there's a lot of options wow. here.
1: There's just not enough evidence on this case. No, I feel not
0: like. at all. I mean, it should have never gone to trial. For one thing, there's not enough evidence to know who it was. Yeah, much less to convict someone and give them a life sentence.
1: Yeah. I almost don't feel like Tibor did it, and I'm glad he was able to escape.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's a shame that he was, I mean, he petitioned four times with all this information to be uh, retried, and they denied him all four times. Somehow, though, Hans Peter was allowed to be retried and acquitted. I mean, they said no involvement whatsoever. He's been acquitted. He's out. He's a free man. And Tibor sits in prison another, what, I guess maybe about three years. And then finally escapes.
1: Okay, so you kind of know what I think. Yeah. I kind of think it was the boyfriend. I kind of, I'm glad Tibor (laughs) has managed to escape. I could be totally wrong. (laughs) So what are your theories or what is your theory? Who do you think did it?
0: I feel like he was set up. And I don't know if he was set up by his wife, who maybe had a relationship with one of the police officers, or if he was set up by another bar owner there. In either case, though, I feel like the police department was used as the middleman to really set it up. I about
1: something. His wife gave him an alibi. Why would she do that if they were trying to set this up?
0: Mm, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. So maybe, maybe she wasn't involved.
1: Yeah. Or maybe she just gave him an alibi because he actually had an alibi. And then later on, her boyfriend, if she was already yeah. seeing the officer, maybe they weren't even seeing each other yet. But if they were... Maybe he was like, "Hey, I have an idea." Yeah,
0: (laughs) yeah. I mean, i I think that that one that's a strange detail of the case. I think what's more likely is another bar owner set Mm -hmm. him up. I don't think that. Let's say that um, Elfrida was killed by by her um, bar owner. We don't even know his name. I mean, I'm I'm sure he was talked to, but we don't even know his name. He wasn't listed in the in the case file, so. If he, if let's just say she was killed by him or one of the people that hired her that night or whatever, I don't think the police would just be like, ding, 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 it's Tibor. Like, I feel like something, they almost went straight to him. So it's like, they, they almost already knew. So yeah. that, that really just makes me feel like that's too fast. And you, you kind of already had Tibor in mind mm-hmm. when you found that body, when they got the call and and they said, Oh, there's a body on the side of the train tracks they probably all just looked at each other because they knew there was a body on the side of the train tracks <laughs> and they knew that they were headed to pick up Tibor.
1: Yeah, or immediately when they heard that they, Tibor had had an altercation with Elfrida, um, they were like, okay, this has to yeah. be the guy. And Justin and I have actually talked about this before, but I feel like we are just a little too open-minded to be investigators in yeah. real life because we would hear... Like, if we were the ones investigating this case, we would hear that um, they had an altercation the night before. And obviously, our alarm bells would be going off, too. Like, oh, maybe we've got the guy. He definitely
0: needs to be looked at, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But we would also be saying, just because they got in a fight the night before doesn't mean he killed her. Like, this is, I mean, a dangerous industry that she's in. Anything could have happened. Yeah. Um. Lots of shady stuff going on, so anything could have happened. And just because they had an altercation the night she died, just it doesn't mean that it was yeah. him.
0: I think if I was the investigators, I would not be comfortable pinning it on one person until I knew whose blood and whose semen was on her.
1: Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Okay. And even 100%. if they say, well, she was a sex worker, so it's conceivable that at the end of the night she had semen on her. Like, okay, I get that. Whose blood was that then? Mm-hmm. Whose blood is on her? It's not hers. It's not any of the three people that you're pinning the murder on. Regina or Tibor or Hansen. Does the blood the come from Hansen. the same person? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, until you can say whose bodily fluids are on her, mm-hmm. I don't think you can take this to court. Yeah. You know? Like, you just, you would have to know that is a major clue in the case. Potentially. Maybe it's not. Maybe it just was, well, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, maybe it semen, just like at I work. said, is explainable, yeah. maybe, but the blood, how, yeah, how, A- and they even said that her blood was found in front of the bar that she worked at. Her her blood, not this uh, phantom's blood, <laughs> hmm. but some of her blood was found in front of the bar, and I it's not clear if that was on the sidewalk or whatever. I mean, she was found very close by; she was only two hundred meters away from the bar, mm-hmm. so that's almost I mean, you can as see if there. she was
1: shot there and then. Yeah, walked. Or injured. I mean,
0: she was badly beaten. She was badly beaten. She had broken bones and everything. So that could have happened at the bar and then hauled out there and shot. There are a lot of missing pieces in this puzzle. And it's incredible to me that it actually made it to trial. It got a conviction of two people. And one of them, even with all these revelations popping up, he was still not able to get a retrial for over 10 years.
1: Wild case.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have pictures of Tibor. I also have the pictures where they have like computer aged him, you know, as they're they're trying to look for him because he's he's still on Austria's most wanted list. So I'll put some of those pictures on our Instagram feed. Go on there and leave us a leave us a comment. Tell me what you think, because I'd love to hear y'all's theories on this. I think it's one of those things. There could be a million theories just because the investigation was never complete in my mind.
1: I'm over here, like if you think you found Tibor, keep your mouth shut. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think he did it. <laughs> Maybe he did, and I, you know, I guess the right thing to do would be to tell. But yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I, I just think if it, even if it was him, it was certainly a mistrial at yeah. the at the very least. Yeah, he did get a mistrial. That is for certain. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way around that so that's all for today's case thank you guys for listening i hope you enjoyed this one i know we've got a really great one coming up next we'll have one more austria episode coming out on the next podcast don't forget we are uploading every monday and thursday thanks for listening